0: He is Lord of all. Praise be to our loving Heavenly Father who has given us our gift of life and every other blessing that we know. Feel free to have a seat. Welcome here to the church, River of the Valley. We're so glad that you're joining us here in person and if you are with us also online from wherever in the world you're joining. It is um, the Lord's Day. It is the family of God's day and particularly it's it's a It's a feast day, we have communion Sunday here. As we gather around this table, we welcome our arms just as Christ does as he extends them out on his own cross, welcoming all people into faith, saying, come and follow me. We have, I wanna highlight one thing today, and it's something that I talked about a few months ago about our church initiating a new movement of churches in Los Angeles through our denomination, ECO. And I want to keep you up to speed on what's happening. Two weeks ago, I met with 14 leaders that are all uh, all a Spanish-speaking cohort of of people that are trying to become commissioned lay pastors that are gonna be used as helping begin this movement and seed this movement. For 10 months, we're gonna be meeting every two weeks, doing a, a curriculum that goes through 10 competencies that we believe all commission lay pastors should have. So for 10 weeks, we're gonna be meeting every two weeks, 10 months, we'll be meeting every two weeks, and that just started last week. So if you want another thing to add on to your list of things you're praying for, pray for that group of 14 people. That over the next 10 months, they are formed, in some ways they're reformed, into becoming this, this new wave of leadership for our for our tribe for eco moving forward here in Los Angeles and five four of the people in that cohort are people in this church so it's exciting also that through this larger movement we have leaders that are being developed and and further released into uh, and leveraging for building the kingdom as, as Christ does that through us all right so please add that to your prayer request and I'm gonna invite up Shana And she's going to pray for our children and then head on out.
1: Hey, kids, come on up here. Karina, Melanie, come up. (laughs) I'm so excited. I get to teach Sunday school today, you guys. I get to be with you. So it's been a while since I've been able to share with them. So I'm looking forward to this time. But let me pray for you guys before we head off, if you guys will all bow your heads. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these little lives and thank you for letting me be a part of them. Thank you for sharing this journey and for giving us wisdom to share with them so we can bring them up in your word so that they always know that they can have a father to trust in, a Lord that loves them and one that's watching over them. So Lord, be with us today. I pray for their families. I pray you continue to strengthen them and give them wisdom and understanding. And Lord, help us be a church family that can come around them and love them. I pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. All right guys, we're gonna head up to room six.
2: Go. Good morning. <clears throat> Want to uh, lead us off into prayer, just to kind of prepare our hearts um, for God and God's message today. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this beautiful day. What a day to reflect on you and your your day, the Lord's day. Thank you again for the beautiful skies. Thank you again for this beautiful sanctuary and the beautiful people reside in it. We pray, Father, that you would be with each one in every place that they are in, whether they are hurting, joyful, or anything in between. Father, we lift up to you our nation. Please heal our nation. We are a broken nation right now. And Father, we lift up to you those who are in Afghanistan and those who served in Afghanistan and those who used to live in Afghanistan. We pray for the people that are there and pray for those who may feel broken or betrayed. We pray, Father, that you would comfort them and heal them and walk beside them. To Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We pray for the people that are here. And we pray for Jonathan as he gets prepares for his message. Open our hearts, Father, to his message. Help us to be challenged and encouraged through it. And now we pray in the way that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
3: Kingdom of God is justice and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Come. Oh sure.
0: Father, now we ask that you would give us this time around your word in which your gates of your kingdom would be opening within the hearts and the lives of your people, that as we open your scriptures, your very presence here would be speaking to us, and that as the words that I speak and the meditations of our hearts all join together, that this would in fact be your living word entering into this world, into your community of faith. So doing, Lord, may you continue to teach us about who you are. Who we are, what you have called us to. We ask this in your name, Jesus. The kingdom of God is justice and peace and
3: joy in the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, and open in us the gates of
0: We continue today in Luke 15. We started last week thinking about the joy that we find in this passage, the God-defined joy, which I think we all could use a little of these days. Uh, Understanding what, what it is or where it is, we began last week looking at how the story begins. In fact, there are three stories, three parables that Jesus tells here in Luke 15, and they are all occasioned on... These Pharisees and these scribes who come thinking that they've caught Jesus finally slipping and they point to the fact that he is communing with sinners, the the word sinners. We talked last week how sinners in the mindset of the first uh, century Jews would have been anyone that's not following the Jewish faith. So a sinner is someone that's not following the ways of their own tribe, their own religion. And, and they're accusing Jesus of a sense muddying the waters, of, of blurring the lines between their, their tribe and, and that hedge or that, that defense that they needed to put around themselves to not let outside influences come in and protect their, their sense of identity. And they're accusing Jesus of one, not following God's ways, and two, not being a good patriot, essentially. So they're, they're accusing him of both, of both not following God and country. And as they, as they are accusing Jesus of doing this, this is the reason then, it says, that Jesus told them these stories. Last week, there were 100 sheep, and one of them gets lost. One of them gets lost. And that is, that is the wording that we find in the passage One of them was lost. It doesn't necessarily say that the shepherd lost the person, if you look at the the actual wording. But today we're going to actually see an emphatic, (laughs) emphatically express that the person in the story today actually loses the coin. We're going to read now about a woman who has 10 coins of silver, and, and it says she loses one. So last week it's just the shepherd was lost. But before we read this passage, I want to highlight, notice how in the passage this week, it's very clear in Jesus' own words that it is the woman who has lost this coin. So we're going to be reading in Luke 15. Luke is one of the four books we have in scriptures that is the account, the narrative account of Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection. And here in Luke 15, I'll be reading from verses... 8 down to 10. This is the word of the Lord. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The word of the Lord, we should give thanks to God. So did you hear it? Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. And she loses one. There is a radical concept that we can begin to pull back in Jesus' own understanding of why he came to, why he came and lived among us, dwelt among us, why it was appropriate for God to take that human flesh and in Jesus to be incarnated and to live among us. The divine will was a rescue mission. The divine will was to be be the one who would come and god himself would do the searching and god himself because what part is jesus playing in this story in the story last week with a hundred sheep and one is lost what part does jesus play is he one of the sheep is he the one that gets lost is he one of the people in the village that celebrates when the shepherd comes back who's jesus he's the shepherd jesus identifies himself as the one who goes and searches for this lost sheep and as we saw last week even is joyful in putting the burden of restoration on his own shoulders as he will go to the cross and resurrect this week is jesus one of the coins is jesus one of the people that celebrate with the woman who is jesus a woman that's radical in itself that Jesus would be highlighting a story in this way. So last week it's all masculine, all the words of the shepherd and the villagers. It's all it's all males in the Greek. Greek like Spanish, like other languages, it actually holds the gender in the in the grammar. And you can read through, and all the verbs, all everything was was he 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 in last week. This week it's all she 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 she. He is appealing to both sides. There is no one who Jesus does not bring into his fold and speak intimately about his truth. Every single person Jesus wants to connect with. And in this week, Jesus identifies himself as this woman. And what does this woman do when she realizes that this coin has been lost? It says that she thoroughly searches the house, she lights a lamp. I imagine her turning everything upside down to find this expensive coin. What women will do is they'll wear, actually, the coins around their neck. And it's, in a sense, the the worth that they have almost as a dowry. And so having these these coins was an important part of the identity for this woman. Also, we can imagine this coin representing um, a couple weeks of food that perhaps she had been given by, by someone in her family, and now having lost that, she, it, it's a great concern, both for her personal identity, but then also for her ability to provide for her family. This is, a, this is something that would be very <laughs> dramatic for her if she's not able to find this coin. So with reason, Jesus says, so wouldn't a woman, if she lost one coin of her 10, wouldn't she turn the house over? Wouldn't she turn the house over, light that lamp so she could see close? You know, turn the, turn the light on on your phone and, and look behind the, uh, the couch, trying to find that, that quarter that you lost. Last week, how many were there? Sheep, 100. This week, how many coins are there? Next week, with the story of the son who is lost, who knows, how many people are in that story? Two. Jesus is bringing this closer and closer. He's he's, he's zeroing in further and further upon each one of us. And he's saying that he came in order to save each one of us particularly, individually. We often, or we, I often am, am stuck in mystery over how I being a finite person and can only relate to one person at a time can imagine God being able to relate on a personal level with every single person on the earth. That, that is a concept that, that is mysterious to me and hard to grasp. As Jesus takes the story from 100 down to 10, he is, he is taking us down this path and trying for us to see that he is relating to each one of us. Even if there's 100, there's one he's going to go for. If there's 10, there's still this one that he is focused on. I know that through life, through things that happen to us, we can find ourselves in positions that make us question if God sees us. We can go through moments where we even can question. We can, we can say, I believe that God exists, but is the presence of God so intentional in my life that a person like Jesus is looking at my life and cares and is acting? Through these parables, Jesus is trying to say clearly, I'm here for you. Some of us might say, well, I've done so many things that are off, that, that have been like in this class of, of sinners. I've done so many things that have walked away from the path of Christ. I have damaged my relationship with my Father in heaven. I've damaged my relationship with others. How could, how could the Lord ever be for me individually? Jesus sat down with these people and he ate with them while he was on earth. He spent his time at those tables rather than sitting with the Pharisees. I know that there are many moments in life where we begin to think, can I really trust that this situation I'm in, that the Lord is guiding me and leading me, that the Lord is for me. So Jesus stands and he describes himself as a woman who loses a coin. And he says, you are that lost coin. And I am turning the house upside down to find you because... I have responsibility for you. Let that sink in. Jesus has said that he has a personal sense of responsibility to find you. Jesus has said he feels in his own heart a sense of responsibility to find you. We don't just have to take him at his word. The fact that he is born into this world, the fact that he lives among us to teach, to model, ultimately, he proves it in his own death, his willingness. Father, he prays, agonizing. If there's any other way for me to find the coin than going to this cross, I would much rather do that, he cries he prays in the garden of gethsemane just before he's arrested and yet he knows the truth is that he came to do this rescue mission he came to find that one coin that was lost you and so instead of walking away from that moment he enters into that that treacherous night of being arrested and crucified and in so doing more than anything he could ever say through his actions he showed you that he, he was willing to go as far as it took he was going he was going to turn that house over he was going to light that lamp thoroughly use his life in order to find you and to rescue the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just that we have an opportunity to find salvation. The good news in Jesus Christ is that God himself felt responsibility for us and came as a loving father with that responsibility to find us, first and foremost, to simply find you and then to save us, to bring us back into his, into his grace. Too often we think of religion as something that we are trying to invest enough in so that we get enough back from God. That's completely backwards. God has already invested himself completely in you. You have already been filled with the love of one who feels responsibility for you. And that's, I want to sit there for a moment because I believe that so many of us make poor decisions in our lives because we believe in our heart of hearts that no one cares that much for us. We do so much to desperately win the affection of other people because we believe in our heart of hearts that there is not one who has that type of of lovingness towards us. In the Hebrew, it's a chesed, a loving kindness. And it also has the idea of God having made a, a covenant with you, like a marriage vow with you. You have that type of God constantly pouring down into you a love a a promise that has already shown it through the cross and yet we make so many decisions in life that are based on this, this this desire and this need and this felt idea that no one truly values me and I have to prove my worth daily friends God himself has has said these words, that he takes responsibility for you. And I know there are moments where you would turn back and say, but God, if you, are, if, if you have spoken these words, then why do I feel so alone? Why do I feel so insecure? Why are these times so turbulent? When Abraham is called by God to sacrifice Isaac, I'm guessing that was the most turbulent time of his life. He tells Abram, Abraham, he says, take your son, your only son, who also, by the way, is the sign of my goodness in your life and that I'm completing my promises and I need you to go and I need you to, to release that, sacrifice it. I'll, I'll tell you where to go Just go ahead and get get the wood, get the knife, and your son, and start going. The the moment is filled with uncertainty, with chaos, with pain, questioning the goodness of God, this one who supposedly takes responsibility for me. For three days, it says, Abraham walks with Isaac. Three days, that must have felt like an eternity. (laughs) walking and trying to process the question of of good and god life purpose and he gets to that place where god showed him to go and he's there ready to do the ultimate sacrifice and just in the moment where it seems like all has been lost god stops abraham stop What? No, this is not what I want you to do. In fact, there is a ram over here stuck in the bushes. He looks over and there is a ram he didn't notice before with his horns uh, stuck in the bush. And he walks over and he's able to take this. And Abraham learns something that's critical for each one of us. That God will always show up when he intends to. And that is often on the other side of our spiritual formation, of helping us grow and mature into our design as humans that are completely dependent on one who loves us fully. Instead of having any ties into this world in which we would be searching for our our love and we'd be searching for our worth in something else, even in a son like Isaac, God is constantly bringing us through processes of spiritual formation so we can be fully bought in to the one who has given us everything in this time in your life i know it's difficult i know you're searching for for answers i know there are questions that have been resonating over time about god's goodness and purpose but trust him he's turned the house over to find you and to save you and now in each and every moment of the challenge you face He is leading you further and further into maturity so that for your own good, you would be fully bought in to that loving Father. And pray. Lord, we're grateful that you tell us these stories of, of your responsibility, your sensed responsibility to find us, to rescue us. Father, I pray that this truth would sink deep in today that you're not just out there, but you're taking responsibility for rescuing. That you love us fully. Also, let that sink in, that, that you desire for our worth and love to be found in you. Lord, as we approach your table today, we ask that the, this time spent in your word would now be reflected in this action of eating and drinking, in this memory of and proclaiming faith in who you are. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. This is the Lord's table. It's the one that he brought to, the, to his family of faith, brought to his church, and he had us sit with him And so that he could look each of us in the eyes and say, what I'm about to do is this, is acting on my hesed, acting on my loving covenant with you. What you're about to see me do over the next few days is the type of loving sacrifice that I promised to be. I said I was here to rescue. I said I was here to bring you home. That's what this table's about. On the night that he would be betrayed, he sat with his disciples. After they had eaten, given thanks, he took some bread that was on the table, and he broke it. He said, this represents my body, which is going to be broken for you, to do this in remembrance of me. And then he also took a cup, pouring out As blood, he said, this represents the new covenant, one of grace. To do this also whenever you gather in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will be proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. You can feel free to remain seated today. We have leaders who are very safely going to be taking these elements out to you. We'll take them together, but go ahead and start opening them up because they can sometimes be a little tricky.
3: came sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself Love so. So
0: Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. There are too many people that we know that are living lives as being harassed as without a shepherd. Too many people that we know that lay at night questioning why, what's the purpose to all this? what happened to my sense that this is supposed to be about love and sacrifice. There are too many people that we know that are living and walking in in that kind of darkness. May we constantly be following Jesus in his own prayer that more people would be stepping up, that more people would be stepping into that gap, into that trench. May the church of Jesus Christ rise up and be those ones that are, that are sending, that are looking and searching for those who are lost. As we take this communion today and proclaim the Lord's death, may our prayer also be, Lord, use me. Use me to be the light in this world. May I be the answer to Jesus' prayer. Let us eat together the, the bread, remembering the body of Christ. the cup of salvation. Heavenly Father, you are good and your love endures forever. Thank you for this this community of faith that you have you have brought each one of us into and, and to be a part of. Thank you for the signs of your movement rumbling amidst leadership in this church new plans that you are putting forth and lord our prayer is that you you begin conti- continuing to give us the vision the dreams the desires the heart that you that you desire for your church lord use us and fill us with your presence as we enter into the time now of offering i pray that you would receive the gifts mm-hmm the financial gifts that we bring to you as a resource so that more workers would rise up and that more people that are, that are in that valley of the darkness would be able to see the light that you have brought and that your church would be like that city upon a hill whose light cannot be hidden. Use our time, Lord. In your name of Jesus, we pray. Amen move into our time of uh, both a bilingual song here but also it's the time of offering so feel free to bring your offering up or or to give online is very easy if you go to our website riverofthevalley.org there's a give button there thank you